following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We all have those thoughts that will not die. Along with many other thought distractions, these can keep us from thinking clearly and focusing on what we desire and who we can be. This is Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. What if you could learn to command the power of thought and make the laws of the universe work in your favor? It can be done, and it just takes some adjustments to become a thought genius. Now, here is your host, Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin. And welcome to this uh, week's episode of uh, Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. My guest this week is... Uh, Brenda Fulkerson, and Brenda's a, a good friend and, and colleague, and uh, uh, Brenda uh, was actually born into a family of natural healers and intuitives in North Carolina. So growing up in the South, it did not really warrant her ability to use those skills or understand them um, when, uh, when she was growing up and, and use those skills as a youngster. Uh, she first recalled uh, having these gifts at, at age four, uh, but it was many years later that uh, Brenda was able to then open up to others and uh, let them know that uh, the things that she saw and experienced. Brenda holds a Doctor of Divinity, a Doctor of Metaphysics, credentials in ministry, is a Reiki master and teacher. Um, uh, Brenda also studied with the National Christian Counselor Association, the NCAA. Uh, Brenda has uh, been channeling her guides uh, that are known as Tarina uh, and for 17 years now. And Tarina is the voice of 13 guides that uh, Brenda uh, communicates with. Brenda has learned of her guides when she herself uh, went to see a medium. So I'm sure there's a good interesting story behind that. Um, that's when this person instructed Brenda on how to channel energy and information and these energies. And uh, Brenda was uh, given the name of these energies. So Brenda's great, greatest joy in the things that she does is to help those who seek her help to heal. So she does readings and Reiki at her home office and also is starting that process here in our office at Thought Genius. So, Brenda, it's wonderful to have you on the show, and I'm sure we're going to have a very interesting discussion today. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. So, um, Becoming aware of your gifts at four years of age, you know, I've had an opportunity to talk with a number of people who are uh, uh, people who are clairvoyant, psychic, intuitive, um, and uh, mediums, and it seems like a large number of them will tend to um, get awareness of this at around age four or five. You know, so I started thinking about that, and, and it's like, okay, well, what is a four-year-old brain 
you know, because they live, uh, the brain frequencies are mostly in delta and theta at that point. But a four-year-old brain, you know, gets into uh, mobility, running, jumping, throwing, climbing, uh, and and being able to have a balance of that with the rest of their life. I mean, there's so much that we could learn just from that alone. Uh, they, a four-year-old mind will tend to use toys, other materials, and, and they learn to pretend play, but I'm not so sure that it's actually pretending. Uh, they ask a lot of why and what questions, and, um, and they can uh, wait their turn uh, some of the time. So they, can, they start to learn patience and interacting with the world a little bit more. They tend to draw circles, lines, uh, and uh, crosses using crayons at that age. Uh, so even though they had the awareness of special gifts back then, um, what kind of things do you recall at age four and what you're seeing and experiencing at, at that time? The major uh, experience I had at four was when I went running home and told my mother, uh, I said, oh, Mama, Mama, Grandpa Red has passed away. Grandpa Red died. I saw him in his coffin. And we lived just two blocks from my grandmother and grandfather, so she ran down the street, came back home and whipped me and said that I had lied to her. <laughs> Two weeks later, Grandpa passed away. He was in the same box I had seen. And at that time, I was given a, a strong warning that I was not to tell people things that I saw because we would be thought we were crazy. So I suppressed a lot of things, but I did. I was labeled as imaginative, as, as a storyteller or a story maker because I would say these things that was happening or things of that nature. But I wasn't given a lot of, of um, credence to that because... They just thought I was making things up. Yeah, back at that time, that, that would have been about the mid-50s for you. Yes. And, and uh, the thoughts about people who had special gifts were not as understood as they are uh, today. So do you think that there is something that is specifically unique to people who we might call having special gifts of being clairvoyant, intuitive, psychic, and do channeling, or do most people have those abilities, but they just don't cultivate them? I feel that everyone has the ability to know things and to feel things. Everyone has gut feelings and information available to them. It's a universal energy that's available to each and every one of us. There's just some of us that have the ability to tap into it or are not frightened by it. A lot of times people are frightened of the energy, so they, they steer clear of it. Or their religious teachings just teaches them that it's not good, so they are frightened by it, that reason. Yeah, uh, we, um, we are starting to see signatures in the brain maps of people who are highly intuitive. So uh, the work that I do with Dr. Joe Dispenza and mapping um, advanced meditators and uh, I'll see this signature in their brain map and then usually ask the question without, you know, trying to lead them into, into something. And I'll say, you know, this is a pattern that we usually see when people are highly intuitive. Do you think you are intuitive? And invariably they will say, oh, yes. And, and, and a lot, some of the people have difficulty in trusting that. They know it's there. 
but they have difficulty in trusting. And the other part of the signature that we will see is it, when it's on the left side dealing with the language and, and uh, our association to linear time and that sort of thing, uh, <clears throat> we, I identify that as uh, people who are uh, what we would call clairsentient. And uh, uh, so they know things, but they don't really know how they know them. And uh, uh, when we see it more prevalent on the right side, which deals with more emotion, that these people would be, uh, if we could give it a label, a little bit more empathic. Uh, so they, they're able to interpret other people's emotions very easily. And quite often we'll see it on both sides, you know, where people can have that. So it's interesting that, that we're now beginning to validate that, that type of signature. Well, I think it's important for, for people to be validated in that way. Uh, having a brain mapping, for me, has been a, a tremendous help for me in the validation of what the work that I do with um, scientifically. I know that I know. I know that I know. But now with the brain mapping, I can say, oh, this is why, this is where, this is the validation that I've received. And I feel that so many people would benefit if they would only try that. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. But yeah, I, I get that from a lot of the people that have brain maps, and, and they'll say, oh, that is so good to know because now I know I'm not crazy when they're experiencing those things. Exactly. People feel, and people feel things. I have clients come to me, and, and in the, in the, um, session that we're having, whether it be a tarot card reading or what have you, uh, Reiki session, I will say to them that I feel that you're very intuitive. Oh, no, I just, I just, you know, sometimes I'll get a vision or sometimes I'll feel something. But in truth, if you will pay attention to that feeling, many times if you're driving down the street and you get a feeling you should turn right and you don't, then you run into a traffic jam. That is your intuition telling you there's things that you're receiving every single day we receive information. If we would listen to what we're being told through our intuition, <laughs> we would stay out of a lot of trouble. Well, that happened to us on the way here to the studio, didn't it? <laughs> that did. We were riding together, and, and I had, uh, you know, I mean, I've been, been here many times, but we're having a conversation, and all of a sudden I'm getting this intuition that I should take this uh, particular uh, off-ramp. And, and, and I was wrestling back and forth with that, so my conscious brain was saying, no, 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 it's further down. And my intuitive side was saying, no, get off here, get off here. And so we, we, I went straight. And sure enough, I, you know, it turned out that we were able to navigate back pretty easily, but uh, I think that's just a good example of what happens uh, on a daily basis that, that maybe many of us will fight with that information and we don't learn to trust uh, that. And, and I can really tell a difference in my own life uh, and so that I can relate to, the, to that is that I can tell a difference between my own thoughts and intuition. And there's a very, very distinct difference uh, in that, and I think it takes a while for people to learn how to trust in that. What I tell people is, if you get it, if you get a thought, and you say I should do X, Y, Z, then that is your thought. If you get an, in, 
a hit that says you should do X, Y, Z, then that is the source outside of you telling you you need to do something. The eyes is you doing it. The use is the spirit outside of you telling you you should do this or you would benefit from this. So remember that. If it's an I thought I need to get this done, then that's you thinking it. Oh, that's, that is really terrific information. Um, I, I don't think that I ever uh, recognized that, that that was the case. You know, I, it has a different energy feel to me, but I'll be uh, paying more attention now that you, you bring that out. Yeah, in, in your bio, uh, you point out that you've been channeling uh, your guides, Tarina, for some 17 years, and that Tarina is the voice of 13 guides, um, and that you've learned uh, of your guides, and uh, actually when you went to see a medium about that. So can, can we get a little bit of a discussion going about you know how that came about, and and uh, uh, who the guides are, and what you know about that? Okay, I was working in Expo uh, at the Phoenix Convention Center about 17 years ago, and there was a medium there from uh, Alabama, and uh, we traded. I did a reading for her, and she did a reading for me, and she was telling me um, that, oh, you can do what I'm doing. You can. You are a great uh, channel. You have all of these guides with you. You have 13 guides, and I'm looking at her like she had three heads. <laughs> and, of course, she continued, and she gave me a guideline of what to do. She said, you go home tonight, and you do X, Y, Z, and you get a recorder, and you record yourself. So I did exactly as she told me to do. I played the tape back several times, and uh, I did exactly what she told me to do, and sure enough, Boy, there were some energies that came through, and it scared the daylights out of me, I have to be honest. So I didn't do it for about a year. I wouldn't go back to it because I was frightened of it. Wow. But she had told me that um, I had 13 guides, and and she gave me the name of, of Turina and was telling me how um, they came in on the violet ray and that I was – it was a very powerful energy. It wasn't I was powerful, but the, the energies were very powerful and that I could use them throughout the rest of my life that had been always with me and would always be with me from every lifetime I had been in. Mm. What is the violet ray? The vi- there are seven rays of energy, and I could go on on day about that, but it's very powerful. It's the violet ray, it's a violet flame, and there's the energy of the violet energy. It's the spiritual energy. So it's a very high vibration that you have. Does, does that have anything to do with when we look at like chakras and the crown chakra is violet absolutely uh, that kind of light and energy you know, that's the, associated with that yes. yeah so so I, I know that in the past I've had some uh, pictures taken with Krillian uh, photography and at one time I had like a violet aura around me is that the kind of thing that's the kind of thing yeah and, and later when I had that done a, a few years later it had become a platinum color. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people that do channeling work, and uh, I, th- I I can't think of any of them that, that have, like, individual guides. They usually have a group of guides. And uh, <clears throat> uh, so what can you tell us or help us understand about the guides that you work with, the the Tarina um, and, and and 
why do they call themselves Torina? Well, I, I, Torina is the single voice for 13. What happened is I had all of this mind chatter. They were talking to me all the time, all the time, all the time. I had all this chatter, mind chatter, mind chatter. So I was thinking that I was going a little bit batty because I had all these thoughts and these all these voices in my head all the time. And what this medium did for me was say, you're the boss. Tell them to give you one voice. And that voice is Torina. So I said, that's exactly what I did that evening when I sat down. To do that, I asked to be given one voice and to be given this. Each guide has a different personality. So when I channel, um, it could be a more subtle energy that comes through. There's a very forceful energy that comes through. I don't ever know which guide is coming through when I channel. I only know that one of the 13 is coming through. Ah, very interesting. Um, we have about a minute before we go to break here. And I was just wondering, uh, why do you think that if we can call this group of guides non-local entities, uh, non-local beings, why do you think they are so willing to communicate with us? There's a message that needs to be gotten out to the people that we're all one and there's the universal love and, the, and there's a mass consciousness. And they are wanting us channels to get the message out that there's nothing to be fearful of. Yeah, I hear that a lot from uh, the, the people that I work with uh, doing brain maps on uh, people that uh, uh, are clairvoyant, intuitive, psychic, or whatever. And, and that seems to be a very common message that I hear from them. The reason that they want to communicate with us is so that we are not so fearful about uh, what's there or not there uh, it, on the other side, if you will, that that we are all connected, that it, it's all about love, it's all about energy, and being able to, to live in that. So uh, maybe we'll talk just a little bit more about that, uh, but let's take a short break right now. You're listening to Help, My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. You need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. 
If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Deetta Jones, and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radioshow at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, we're back with my guest, Brenda Fulkerson, and we have been discussing her special gifts uh, to channel what we're calling non-local entities and um, uh, the guides that uh, that help and her and uh, uh, are able to give us information about uh, things between our world and their world. Um, it, I, I want to go back to one question before we move on to a new topic, and that is, uh, are, are you uh, really aware of their presence uh, when you're not channeling them? I usually feel that there's. I'm always protected. I always have these energies with me. So, yes, the answer to that is I do feel that they're always there. You know, that's one of the things that we see in the uh, the brain maps very often, particularly working with, with advanced meditators and now working with um, uh, people who run the uh, the bars and do energy healing. And as of late, we've been doing a little bit of research on uh, energy healing with Reiki. And through looking at literally thousands of brain maps and talking with individuals about uh, how these things uh, come out, very often, and, and this is true of your brain map that we have done several of them on you, um, but when we see um, the area in one hertz, which is delta, and the blue, which means it's you know three standard deviations below what would be considered normal, that it seems to be suppressing the function of delta. Uh, and uh, in a lot of this other research, we have come to understand that that is most likely the connection with the field or our connection with what we might call the morphogenetic field. And, and we'll see that signature with people uh, who do a lot of energy work. Because, and, and in your case, you know, we usually measure eyes closed and we will measure on task. And in this case, uh, the, the brain map that is sitting here in front of us and we're looking at, that uh, there wasn't any difference between your one hertz with your eyes closed, just doing nothing, and uh, performing the Reiki. So what that tells me is that's kind of who you are. You know, you have that connection to the field basically going on all the time. That, uh, that one hertz also deals with what we call the default network of the brain. 
where most human brains function in pretty much the same way. But what we're finding in our research is there seems to be a shift in that default network and, uh, and how uh, people utilize their brain. Uh, we also see a different signature with people who are energy healers. And it, it's kind of fun when I see that signature to throw that out to, to people, you know, that either they are uh, receiving or about to receive healing energy for themselves or that they are an energy healer and they utilize that. And, you know, nine times out of ten people will say, when I ask them the question, are you an energy healing? Do you do energy healing work? And it's, it's yes, I do. You know, and, and whereas I didn't know that information beforehand. So the technology of brain mapping is really helping us to uh, begin to understand um, how we can measure this from a scientific point of view. Uh, you and I, uh, Brenda, have had a number of discussions regarding uh, the energy field that uh, we not only live in this energy field, or some people call it zero point, or uh, uh, whatever you decide that you want to call it, but it is the energy, really, of the universe. And so we also have energy fields within our body. And uh, for many thousands of years, people have identified those energy centers of the bodies as chakras. And uh, we're able to actually see changes and shifts in that energy, you know, given uh, certain things that, that we do. Um, do you think that we need to have our own energy aligned in order to best utilize this connection that we have with the universe and that we have with each other, or does it matter? I feel it's very important to be aligned with your energy field. Um, I used to say I would stand on a corner and give uh, Reiki attunements to everyone that would want one. Having your energy, having this energy around you, being aligned with this energy goes back to what we spoke of earlier, being in tune with the information that comes to you. If you're in alignment, you are going to be open to receive that information. You're going to be able to better utilize uh, what is coming to you and go through life in a more um, harmonious way. When you're out of balance with that energy, your life is out of balance. You don't have the harmony that you need to, to bring about a joyful life and happiness in your life. So yes, I absolutely believe that's important for everyone to be able to be in a harmonious place with their energy field. Yeah, you talked about uh, you were giving people an attunement Explain for us what an attunement is. Well, in Reiki, it's with Reiki, you receive an initiation, basically using symbols, and you're given what is called a Reiki attunement. You're being attuned to the universal life force energy. And that is what is, um, I think, is part of what is showing in the brain mapping that we just recently did. It's like when you become attuned to this energy, what you find is that you are uh, you're healed on so many different levels. There's the mental, the emotional the physical, the spiritual level. So you receive a Reiki attunement, then you get in tune with yourself, just like the attunement is, you get in tune with yourself, then you get in tune with your uh, mental and emotional body, then you get in tune with your spiritual body, and then you get in with the soul body. So these attunements can bring so much balance into your life and so much harmony. It's just incredible. Yeah, having had some of that done, it, it really is amazing, and you feel different, uh, and, and you react different. 
you know, and and so and actually, I think I think differently, you know, because of that attunement. So there, there is something very very powerful that is is there. Um, you know, again, we're looking at your brain map that we recently did, and I talked a, a few minutes ago about the blue at one hertz. And that, that was with your eyes closed. So you're just sitting there with your eyes closed, and that is the connection to the field. Well, when we look at uh, when you were uh, doing the Reiki session, and, you know, it takes a little bit of technology in order to do this. So we have uh, this device called a DSi-24, and <clears throat> it's a, a headgear that uh, doesn't use any, any gel. It's a... Uh, uh, it's a dry electrode process, and it's wireless. So you were able to wear that headgear during the time that you were delivering the Reiki session to a person. And when we look at that one hertz uh, sitting here in front of us, and I talked about the signature that we see with energy healers, and you can see that signature right there, um, that when you go into this energy healing mode, all of a sudden you're now connecting to a different, maybe not necessarily a different source of energy, but more of a healing source of energy. Do you, do you feel a shift when you, when you just when you start doing a Reiki session? Well, I draw, I, I do visualize the symbols, and I do connect to the Reiki guides and to the higher self when I ask for that to come through when I'm doing a Reiki session. So, before I start applying the energy to the to the person on the table, I'm asking that this energy come through and let me be a clear and open channel for the energy to come through me. Let the energy be clear, and, uh, and let me be clear so that I am passing through this clear and open energy to the person who I'm, who's receiving. So yes, I do feel that energy as it comes through. Then once I get started into the, into the uh, treatment, there are times that the time just flies by. It's like I usually try to keep an eye on the clock, but sometimes, you know, 20 minutes will go through, and I'm not even conscious that, it's, that that much time has passed by. Yeah. I, I, one of the other things that we measure is um, the energy fields not only around the body, but in the energy centers and the chakra centers. And uh, through this device uh, called Gas Discharge Visualization, GDV for short. And, and, and we could see a, a real significant difference in uh, both your energy factors and when we did it before and after somebody receiving a Reiki session. We could see that, and in, in, in the initial trials of working with the uh, uh, the GDV, they measured people like a symphony conductor, looking at what the energy field, and, and it will measure both emotional energy and uh, physical energy. And they found that, like with the symphony conductor, that their energy field was uh, very balanced, very uh, strong, and coherent. And then after they were done uh, with the, conducting the symphony, that the emotional side of their energy had breaks and they were kind of depleted because they had put so much energy and emotion into what they are doing. And, and uh, yet their physical energy, there was really no change to it, just the emotional energy. And we saw the same thing, you know, with you when we measured that before and after. Um, uh, effect and then the 
individual who is the giver or the uh, the person administering the Reiki, um, they very often we will see an alignment of their energy very quickly after that. Sometimes they'll go into a transition state and the emotional energy is is recouping itself. And in all of the research we've been doing for the last three years on, on various aspects, uh, just recently in, as we've been measuring, you know, how does energy healing work? Uh, I was able to uh, coin a phrase and, and we were finding that this phrase holds true in many instances as I'm writing a scientific paper that involves this uh, principle, if you want to call it that. Uh, I've given it a name uh, called the uh, neurophotonic field effect. And what we've come to see in energy healing is that when you put focus and intention, and uh, now it seems like when you put emotion into that, that, that that becomes part of the equation uh, to give power to the energy healing, that it's, it's there. And if you don't put focus and if you don't put intention, it doesn't create the field within the field. Uh, it, there is a field there, and some of that happens. But it seems like those are very key ingredients, emotion, intention, and focus. Uh, would, would you agree with that or not? I absolutely agree with that. I feel that if you're going to be uh, working on someone, especially for me with Reiki, my intent, I might always focus on my intent. My intent is to give Reiki. My intent is to uh, to do a healing here. So, yes, I feel it's very important to create that intent and the emotion that goes with that because I am I am one with the person on that table. I am one with that person in the in the outcome of this of this uh, session. So, yes, the intent, and, and the uh, focus of that and the emotion behind that is all one. We're one in that process. So it's very important to have that intent. Yeah, and as you mentioned that, that you're one with that individual and understanding quantum entanglement, you know, that, that certainly makes sense. When the session is finished and that person now departs, um, is, is there kind of a change or a shift in that energy that goes back to their own individual energy? Or they, do you think they tend to carry that for a period of time, that, that connection? Or does it just make the connection stronger always? Well, I do a sweeping and a, cl- and a, and a closing of their energy field when they leave so that it disconnects my energy from their energy and vice versa, so that I'm not carrying theirs. So they carry the energy of Reiki with them, yes. Uh, I've had people who say I felt better for two weeks afterwards. or, um, But yes, they carry the Reiki energy with them, but they don't carry my energy with them. Oh, that, I mean, that's really good to know. That, that It's great that we have quantum entanglement and we're all part of each other's energy and it allows us to communicate you know, on a whole different level other than, than words, but it's it's really great to know that um, there is part of this process that goes on where we still are individual distinct beings, energy, that we are, you know, vibrational beings living in a vibrational universe, and there are rules and laws that tend to govern that uh, without taking away our, our own ability to have choice 
if we want to go out and mess up our energy, I guess that we can. You probably see a lot of that. <laughs> there is a lot of that, and you know it's interesting because I've had people come in and say, "I just need a Brenda fix," and I think. Yeah, you just need Reiki. You know, you need that because they become accustomed to feeling good after a session. Mm -hmm. And once they feel that Reiki energy being depleted out, they want to come and fill that up again. Yeah, why why does it get depleted, do you think? Well, just like you said, they may go out and have a few drinks or have a steak in the evening. And all these things will pull your energy down. Um, Nothing against you meat eaters out there is what I'm just saying. I was going to say I'm in big trouble. It's just that the um, eating meat, drinking, smoking, doing any of these things can lower the vibration of the energy. So you come in and you get a really great energy session, and then over the weekend you decide you're going to go out and have a couple glasses of wine or a couple of drinks or beers with the boys at the at the ball game. You have just lowered the vibration of the energy that we did with the Reiki. Yeah, that makes sense to me as a scientist and. Uh, when we start looking at things like uh, biophotonic energy, for example, and the relationship, how the cells of the body communicate with each other, and this is not a, a time or place to be able to go into all of the depths of how that communication takes place, but there is that change in the biophotonic energy, and and so, you know, that makes sense that we we have and do things in order to, that will change that uh, energy within our body. Are, are there things that people can do if that energy changes that, that they have the power within themselves to do? Or do they really need uh, someone to facilitate that process for them? Well, I believe that you can change a lot of your own energies. Um, One of the most important things I tell people is to shower at night. If you're out in a crowd of people and you're picking up all these energies, you want to shower that off of you in the evenings. Also, just doing some uh, brushing of your energy field, brush your energy field. Uh, That will help clear some of the energy off. But, of course, as a Reiki master teacher, I always say, come and get Reiki, and that will help you. Yeah, well, it it certainly does work. Uh, Let's take a, a short break right now. You're listening to Help, My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. You need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. 
Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radioshow at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're back with my guest, Brenda Fulkerson, and we have been discussing the nature of energy and being able to use it to master um, a lot of different things, and uh, which brings us to the point of maybe discussing a little bit about Reiki. You know, so um, you're a Reiki master and teacher, uh, so you know a lot more than the average person uh, when it comes to this topic uh, and using that as a healing modality. So enlighten us a little bit about uh, what is Reiki and, and what drew you to that process and more than that, becoming a Reiki master and teacher? Well, Reiki is um, channeling the universal life force energy through me to you to help heal. Reiki heals on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. It has um, it's a lot of wisdom. It's a spiritual energy. Uh, what it is, is it's a great healing modality. I was drawn to Reiki probably 17 years ago. Uh, a dear friend of mine sent me to a local intuitive here in Phoenix. She was the head of the Arizona Psychic Alliance. And she was a teacher of Reiki and encouraged me to take Reiki. I had a natural healing ability, and she wanted me to use it under the umbrella of Reiki as well. So I used my Reiki. I took her classes, loved doing it. Uh, I felt like it was, I always wanted to be a healer as a small child. I wanted to be a healer, was a healer. I wanted to be a nurse, but this was giving me the chance to do healing on people without four years of schooling and doing all those things that had to be done. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to be. I, I took the Reiki so that I could actually heal and help people immediately, not two, three, four years down the road. I feel that um, every person on earth needs to have a Reiki attunement and be able to work with this energy within themselves. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that many people really didn't know about Reiki that it even existed, and now it's um, used in many hospitals uh, as a healing modality and treatment for the sick. Uh, why do you suppose there was such a great acceptance in Reiki, uh, particularly in hospitals and other Reiki uh, people who administer Reiki, 
in uh, you know clinics or just individually themselves. What I have found is that they know that it works. A lot of nurses that I've spoken with have noticed when, when uh, way back when I first started doing it, I would go to the hospital to give Reiki to patients, and they noticed and knew that they noticed that the patients were um, calmer, uh, healed faster, the medications were quicker, and all of this. So I feel that over the years that the acceptance of Reiki is much stronger because they know it works now, finally. Uh, it's It's been given that go-ahead. Uh, one of the things that, that I enjoy doing is, is I give Reiki when um, a client is getting chemo that she doesn't have all the side effects. So I think that over the years they have found that people are having results and that's why they're finally, the science is finally catching up with it. So it's really a great time, uh, a great time. We're in a great time right now of learning. Yeah, I, I really believe that and, and can see uh, people's attitudes and uh, that are out there in, in the world, particularly in healing, uh, whether it's in a, a medical setting or otherwise. And, and so it, it really is, we do live in a, in a marvelous time and there is so much anecdotal evidence of the efficacy of uh, things like Reiki. Um, maybe you can give us a, a, a few stories, a few examples, bring it to life for us. Okay. Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest experiences I had was maybe seven years ago, I had an EMT come to, the, to my office, and she was going to have surgery on Tuesday. This was on a Thursday. So I did some energy work on her to clear the tumor out of her kidney. She thought she was going to lose her kidney, so she came in and wanted some. So I did a healing uh, session on her. Fast forward two years, her friend calls me and, and informs me that she didn't have to have the surgery. Uh, that it had frightened her so much she wouldn't come back to me because she didn't know what was wrong, uh, why it worked. But that healed, it pulled the tumor, it cleared the tumor out of her kidney. She didn't have to have her kidney removed. Another example was a, a lady came in with fibroid tumors in her um, female region, and we cleared that up for her. Another example is when I had a lady come in and she had a cancer, a rare form of cancer, around her kidney and we did some healing on that one session and that cleared it up immediately they sent it to the, all the different medical schools to be examined because it was such a rare form and then after they removed went in for the surgery and they sent out the samples again they said there was no sign of cancer in it so that was a great example uh, one of the other ones was I had a young mother who came in with esophagus, with the esophagus of cancer, rare form, being sent to a specialist in New York. We did a healing session on her, one session again, and she went to New York and the, the specialist wanted to know why she was wasting his time. There was no sign of cancer in her body. Hmm. Uh, that is so terrific. Do you have any uh, stories or examples of just normal living rather than something as dramatic as uh, spontaneous healing, if you will? Well, normal, normal heal. I have, um, I have a client who comes every two weeks um, for her Reiki session, and she feels like she's just floating on air when she leaves, and it keeps her calm. She's so grateful. It calms her body down. It keeps her focused. She's very, very grateful for that, for that focus. 
another another client comes weekly and has a session and she just says it just keeps her keeps her grounded she says it keeps her on um, on track but people get reiki for so many different reasons but the major the majority of the ones who come to me on a regular basis are coming in just to keep them focused and to keep them calm and to keep them on track yeah that's what i find interesting is that seems to be the result of the reiki um, do you think over time that they learn to manage that energy better and they do a better job of keeping themselves on track or is it more a case of uh, because you are a Reiki master and have such a keen awareness of how to work with that energy that um, they just prefer to have someone else facilitate that for them. Well, I've had a couple of the ladies tell me that it just gives them that time, the me time that you need. It's like a mini vacation in an hour they can go you know they go out of body they float out they go different places they feel like they've been on a mini vacation when they receive a reiki treatment so it isn't necessarily that they couldn't facilitate a calmness through meditation or any of this but some people just do not always take the time to do that you know you and i've had conversations about uh, time and it seems like time is moving faster and, and so I wonder if that's part of this that, that helps the popularity of Reiki, that because it, it feels like we are so engaged in so many different things that we are running at breakneck speed and, you know, it's like all of a sudden you go to work and it's the end of the day before you know it, end of the week, and, you know, it, just like time is moving so quickly, and yet we... We each of us, you know, aren't able to take that me time that you're talking about, and learn how to manage that that kind of energy to get ourselves rebalanced. That we are kind of caught between this state of doing and trying to learn how to be. And uh, and, and I, if I were to uh, <clears throat> uh, put a label on some of the Reiki. I would say that it, it's helping people learn how to be rather than do. Would, would you agree? I would agree with that. And the Reiki energy heals the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level. So you're, you're in a one-hour session, you are getting a lot of deep healing and being able to be in your mental place, in your emotional place, in your physical place, in your spiritual place without a lot of mind chatter it gives you that healing process that time to be to be in that place it's wonderful so if people want to learn a little bit more about what reiki is or how they can take a class or get more information where, where's a good way for people to get more knowledge about this well there is an, some information on my website which is www.brendafulkerson.com but um, you can always give me a call I do one-on-one -on -one classes I no longer do large groups I teach it individually so you can always give me a call and that's 602-274-3645 and we can schedule a um, free consultation about whether you would want to do Reiki or a Reiki session or Reiki attunements and um, 
Uh, there's books out there on Reiki many times. Uh, there's a book called uh, Essential Reiki by Diane Stein. There's Reiki, uh, Reiki for Dummies. I don't <laughs> like the that's title. That's the one I need. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the title, but it's a very good informative book on Reiki. So there's a lot of uh, things out there on Reiki right now. Well, that, that's great that there is that wealth of information. I'm sure the Internet has a lot of things. It, it, are there things that people should watch for in uh, that they don't get hooked up with somebody who's maybe not as skillful or knowledgeable at teaching Reiki? Well, the one thing I would always advise people is how do you feel when you are talking to uh, the practitioner, the Reiki master. Do you feel good in their energy field? Do you feel good after you leave? Or do you have anxiety? Because your body will tell you. If you are in the right place, you will know it. Um, don't. If you walk away and you don't feel good, don't do it. Yeah, <clears throat> very good advice. Um, you also do readings, I know. Yes. And if people want to have a... Uh, a reading, and I'm hesitant to use the word psychic reading. What would you call it? It's an intuitive reading. I'm also uh, hosting a, a Tarina session tomorrow afternoon just for uh, callers, or not for callers, but for listeners at my home. You can give me a call, and I'll do a Tarina session tomorrow afternoon from 4 to 6. So if you're interested, give me a call. Oh, boy. Yeah, maybe I'll call in. <laughs> I've had, uh, had several of those uh, readings, and and I can tell you, it's the real deal. So, <clears throat> um, uh, any other things that you'd like to relay to the people listening? We have just a couple minutes before the end of the show here about um, Reiki, about energy, about brain mapping. Any anything that comes to mind? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Oh, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, what kinds of things would you tell people or help them get very enthused about Reiki sessions or having an intuitive reading? Well, one of the things I would say about Reiki is if you will give this, give yourself this gift at least one time. The more you can do it, though, the better. Uh, brain mapping, if you can do that, oh my goodness gracious, it can just enlighten you so much to what is going on within yourself. I encourage that. Intuitive readings is a way to give you a guide map, a, a road map on how to go in about your life. So um, I like to tell people I'm not there to tell you what to do. I'm there to confirm what you know you need to do already. Oh, that's, that's really good advice. So I'd like to thank uh, my guest, Brenda Fulkerson, for joining with us today offering a tremendous insight uh, into that world uh, that's not easily understood by, by people. So, Brenda, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and being here today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'd like to invite everybody to join us next week for another intriguing and interesting episode of Help, My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you for tuning in to the show this week. Please join Dr. Jeffrey Fannin again for another edition of Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week possible.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.